0: I am Afreen Sheikh and I listen to Design Cast from Mumbai, India. I'm Danielle and I listen to Design Cast from Osaka, Japan. I'm Joe Smith and I listen to Design Cast from Toronto, Ontario, Canada. I am Ronald. I listen to Design Cast from Jakarta, Indonesia.
1: Hello and welcome to DesignCast, a podcast where I interview a wide range of excellent guests in design and STEAM education to get their unique perspectives. My name is Jason Regan and I use my 20 plus years of experience as a design educator to dig deep into complex issues. This podcast has one simple mission, to create a community of people around the world that are interested in design and STEAM education. Each episode, I chat with guests from all corners of the design world, from classroom teachers to authors, and even to educational consultants. We discuss a wide range of topics that we feel are relevant today. I do want to ask you that if you're enjoying this podcast, please leave a review, rate, subscribe, share, or download from your favorite podcasting app. This helps the podcast get discovered by listeners that might not find it otherwise. Also, it helps me to continually define the direction of future guests and episodes Welcome back to another episode of DesignCast. And on this episode of DesignCast, I had the opportunity to speak to Cecil Mack, Cecil is a technology innovation coach at the United Nations International School, or UNIS, in Hanoi, Vietnam. We talk about a whole host of different topics, from his love of learning new things to live-streaming ducklings. Yes, you need to listen for that. I know that you will enjoy hearing his journey into education and what he has been involved with now at his current school. On a different note, this is episode number 40. woo Key the music. Cue the music. Cue the music. Okay, cue the music. What an amazing year it has been for this podcast. In a year that has seen lots of up and down, but mostly downs. Thank you for your continued support and feedback. So please swing by and subscribe, rate, and Share my podcast with anyone you feel might enjoy listening to it. I do appreciate all of the feedback. I do listen to all of the messages that people leave. So if you have anything you want to say, please swing by and just say hello. I'd love to hear from you. So there's a place to leave that message for me as a voicemail on the Anchor home for this podcast as well as on my website there's a connection form right there on www.jasonreagan.ga I'd love to hear from you and I cannot wait to see what 2021 will bring us but we have a few episodes still left in 2020 but I'm so excited to celebrate this mark of reaching 40 episodes so sit back relax and enjoy this chat that I have with Cecil Mack Welcome back to another episode of DesignCast, and I'm absolutely excited to have Cecil Mack here with me today. Cecil, how are you?
0: I'm doing great, Jason. It's been a long time since we talked.
1: It has been a while. Thank you for agreeing to speak with me. And so, Cecil, can you just tell everybody who's listening a little bit about what you're, who you are and what your current role is?
0: Yeah. Um, well, um, my name is Cecil Mack. I grew up in Valdosta, Georgia, grew, uh, went to school in Orlando. I'm currently in Hanoi, Vietnam at the United Nations International School. And it's been probably one of the coolest experiences of starting at a new school during a pandemic. Yeah, I could imagine.
1: We had new people starting here, so I understand that you start in a quarantine and and I'm sure that was fun, huh?
0: Yeah, well, it's one of those things, you know, it's been rough for everybody, certainly. Um, My school has been very lucky in that we've been on campus all year with masks and social distancing and just learning the new normals. And it's one thing that, you know, once we figure out what's good for us, we'll definitely always want to try to share that stuff, you know, so that way people can get back on track and back to a new type of normal, certainly.
1: Absolutely. And I think it will be great when we're able to have conversations for podcasts that does not include how we're dealing with <laughs> COVID. <laughs> I think that'll be really great. You mentioned Valdosta, a little known fact here. You and I talked about this last time. My undergraduate was actually in Valdosta, Georgia, and I can pretty much guarantee you that most people listening to this podcast have no idea where that is. You know, it's as extreme South Georgia. It's about I don't know what 10 15 minutes from the Florida border. Yep. And so anyone who's driven down I 75 would have gone through Valdosta and probably stopped at the Chick-fil-A or the Cracker Uh, Barrel or
0: something. But It's the village that raised me, certainly. And I'm very glad I grew up there.
1: Absolutely, man. I mean, I I really, really enjoyed the years I had there in my early 20s as a college student, which was which is really, really good. So I do I do miss it. And every chance I get, I go back for a visit. So Cecil, tell me a little bit about how you got into teaching and then sort of your journey to get where you are now.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, growing up, I was always kind of this curious kid, like, how does that VHS tape get broken? And then how do I fix it? Because, you know, I want to watch my movies. And then it was, you know, just I remember in Boy Scouts, they talked about like being prepared. I was like, well, that's cool. But that usually comes from experience. And I'm a kid and I don't have that. So I should probably learn stuff. I was always kind of the daydreamer in school. And so like, I always tried to think about like, well, what about this? What about that? What's the other way we can solve this thing? You know, my mom always kind of raised me with this quote that said, you today, me tomorrow. Meaning that like, if you can help somebody, help somebody. Because like a lot of people took care of me and my family growing up. And so I was like, well, I guess I should get back, you know? So I did a lot of volunteer work, never settled into a single job, just jumped from job to job to job. Virtual call centers, cattle ranches, movie theaters, uh, insurance companies, Disney projects, reality TV shows. But I was always just kind of learning about how different, different people do different things. After my film degree, I went into organizational behavior, which is like group dynamics and psychology of groups and how to make them happy. Once I found education, I realized I can use more of that in there. And that's where it became like really interesting how like classroom management or personalization or differentiation was like my really big go-tos. I had a computer a keyboarding typing class, that's my very first class, and computer business documents. And I thought, well, this is going to be boring because I remember these classes, like stewardesses is the longest word you can type with your left hand only, fun fact. What's interesting is like, I decided I was going to make it as fun as possible. So we would have classroom discussions where the students would actually type, the rules were no, no foul language, you had to type in complete sentences, but everyone had to be a number and not a name. And so the seating chart of the room was kind of based on social groups. And I thought that was really interesting. But after this conversation, people were typing to each other and making each other laugh and typing LOL. And I was like, no one actually laughed out loud. Do you realize how people communicate differently using digital tools? Uh, that was fascinating. And so like when we got into the keyboarding structure, we got into the business documents. I had the students think about, okay, each one of you are going to create a PowerPoint about your, your company or your business or whatever. So let's say it's a veterinary clinic. Okay. Now you need to write a letter in a Word document about what is your company letterhead, introducing people to come visit, and then what is going to be something you can put in a spreadsheet. And so once they actually create all these documents, two students had to randomly find out a way that they could both work together. So like one student was like, hey, I'm going to make a, a rap studio. Okay. Why would a rap studio and a dog kennel ever work together? And I was like, well, then maybe they're filming a music video. So what needs to go into a spreadsheet? They're like, type of dog, how ill-tempered is it? What kind of treats is it like? What's its name? Stuff like that. And so like the students really liked the creativity I added to doing the tasks that we had to do. we met all the standards, certainly, but I found that the groupings of the students changed based on interests and not so much about social group. And that's when I was like, wow, this education thing's kind of cool. Like, And then my first... International teaching position was in the international school in Dongguan, China. That was through ISS. Um, I was the art teacher, then the science teacher, the drama teacher, the film teacher, the technology integration guy. And I realized this is how you start a school from scratch. And that was pretty intense. So then my second position was at the Dubai American Academy with Jim's education, where I had this awesome team to work with about how do we build an innovation program for the future? Like, how do we get these kids really future ready? And that was amazing. And you know, we built it from the middle school. I followed the students for two years in the middle school, and then followed them into high school. And so, when we opened up the center of artificial intelligence and robotics, those kids that I've been working with for two years now were my ninth graders. It was amazing. They understood my teaching style and the projects that we had been developing. And in that center of excellence, what we did was we created the we had all these stations, like a fabrication area, a robotics section, you know, multimedia. Even we had a emotive brain scanner that records brain activity. And each student, what they did was to start the program, they decided to do documentaries about each one of them to explain them to the fifth grader. What is the technology? How is it used? And how could it be connected to somewhere in our learning community? That was a big endeavor. And then COVID hit. But then um, I am now at the United Nations School in Hanoi. What I'm doing is I'm being the technology innovation coach, where I get to create awesome things here.
1: That's quite a journey in a pretty short amount of time. So that's awesome. I mean, I think that is a testament to anyone who might be questioning whether they should do a startup because it sounds like you were able to do lots and lots of really cool stuff in your school there in China. And so would you recommend anyone who maybe early in their career doing something like that, having kind of a bunch
0: of different roles to play in a small school? Two things, two pieces of advice I was given by my first founding director was make sure you spend a lot of time at least one school because a lot of first time international teachers, they just two years, okay, moving, two years and then moving. You want to find a school that's a community where people stay. It just shows that you're going to get more meaningful experience out of that you know, at the school, I, you know, I'm picking a school for years now, <laughs> then yeah. I know it's a perfect <laughs> home for me right now.
1: <laughs> That's fantastic. Yeah. I mean, I think that probably COVID has probably readjusted people's outlook on how they go about bouncing around from school to school, because I think you're absolutely right. And I think whoever gave you that advice was quite wise. Uh, yeah. If you want to spend some time somewhere and, and really see the change. Cause um, it sounds like in Dubai, you were able to really see students transform and learn new ways of thinking. So yeah. I think
0: that's really, really cool. And, and the second uh, thing I learned was, um, you know, it really comes down to you have certainly the time at the school, but when the school is looking for a good person, you may not have years in that one subject, But if you show that you've been a flexible and been able to pivot, that's a skill like resiliency. I think that's something that we've all been tested a lot in the past year and a half. I think I've always been okay with chaotic situations because, okay, we can freak out or we can get stuff done. So let's try to work together, you know.
1: Can you elaborate a bit more about what you're currently doing? I know you're at Unis there in Hanoi and you're doing tech innovation coach.
0: How do you describe your role to people who ask? So when it comes to an instructional coach, it's all about how do we make instruction better? How do we make learning more in-depth? Me as a tech innovation coach is, how can we use technology better? How can it be an enhancement instead of a replacement? Some would say, what does innovation really mean? I've always said, well, the students have to define it. It's whatever they say innovation is, is the culture of the school you know, when I come in, I kind of just do like an inventory of what technology do we use? What technology do we use well? And what do students naturally lean towards? And then of course, then you look at staffing. What do they lean towards? What do they like to, they want to add something to the class? Well, then let's find a meaningful addition or something that's going to enhance. But my favorite thing to to simplify it is to say, I archive and I celebrate the good things that are already happening and trying to make them better perfect example there's a unit in grade 6 where they have to as they're doing their normal units they're tracking the development of baby ducks from when they hatch to the hatching or the before when they're you know incubating to them hatching to them developing how to walk to them eventually learning how to swim and literally like these kids are taking care of these ducks for the first 4 months and we were just on campus like i you know literally just got out of quarantine and i was like wow life can happen even during quarantine you know I was like, well, the entire school can't fit into this one science lab because of social distancing. Me and the IT department, we set up a live stream with an iPad directly over so people could see the live stream of the ducks hatching. And everyone was like, that's awesome. Thank you so much. And I was like, no, but that's what it should be. We should know what's going on in our classes, in our school, you know, even though you're in a different division or a different department. So for me, like it's finding the students who have those talents and those technologies and pushing them in the spotlight. Finding the teachers who have a superpower in VR and making sure that they're running PD, and I'm supporting that.
1: Yeah, I mean, that sounds great. I, I love the duckling yeah. <laughs> live streaming. That's really cool. That's a great illustration. And I've set up live streaming at my own school and done some drone footage and different things. And I think sometimes people don't realize especially in the school they don't realize the things that they don't have <laughs> you right. know i think sometimes they don't know what they don't know right and that's really cool so do you kind of see yourself as a, as a person who kind of helps them discover those kinds of
0: things well i i make suggestions but i find what's already there or what Perfect example. Um, There's an Alice in Wonderland production in elementary. My middle school students in the makerspace were interested in it. I was like, well, you want to make something for them? They're like, what do you mean? I was like, well, they need props for their table. So they could use a giant cardboard hat for the Mad Hatter. Like we can make decorations. And they're like, really? I was like, yeah that's what authentic service is there's a need you have students with talents and interests and skills and they can up those skills so why don't we put those two together and so i'm really just bridging connections another one that was kind of big was you know admissions was talking about how we want to get parents on campus but social distancing we can't so i was like okay well let's show what a normal day in the life of a student is here We're like how do we do that and there's this awesome documentary called life in a day where youtube just basically asked like hey everyone record this one day in history, upload all of your footage and we're going to find the themes that connect everything. So that's what we did. We had multiple photographers. Everyone on campus was running cameras. We just dumped everything in the folders. And thank goodness, somebody else is editing because that would take forever. I won't want that job. But I made sure that there were some creative shots like every once in a while, I go to a clock just so you can see different clocks and how it looks. And so, yeah, so that's window into units. Hopefully we can release it in December, January, just to show parents like, hey, this is what a normal day at the school looks like, even though you can't be here. These are wacky sounds, the coolest happy kids running around and everyone being safe, but still, you know, learning.
1: I want to see that. So make sure you keep in of touch course. with me so I can put that, <laughs> that link somewhere so people can enjoy that. Cause that sounds super cool.
0: This podcast is a proud member of the teach better podcast network, better today, better tomorrow, and the podcast to get you there. Explore more podcasts at www.teachbetterpodcastnetwork.com. Now let's get back to the episode.
1: Now, Cecil, coming to a new school, you're new to your school now. What have been some of the challenges and how have you addressed those challenges in your current situation?
0: Well, you know, I think every school has their own acronym library, you know, all the acronyms you need to learn. But it's really just learning how to translate how different departments speak to each other. You know, how does IT tech support person explain, you know, server IP addresses to, you know, the math department? It's interesting because I've had experience in the IT department, but I've also been an educator and project manager. So it's like just being able to listen effectively and understand, like, well, this person wants a solution, not this platform. They want this platform because it's easy and consistent based on what they've done, but is the best choice for the kids and the parents who are going to be the ones working with these kids from home. So translating that and listening has been like really key. And then making lots of lists and keeping the most refined calendar that is accurate with notifications because literally my brain will go from like eight different projects in a day and if it wasn't for my experience at previous schools where that's a normal day for me it probably might be overwhelming and i you know it's one of those things you you miss things you're late for meetings but then one day you'll be walking past and kindergartners need help putting the ducks into a pond and i'm an adult available and i'm happy to help and that's what i love about the school is like there's so many unique surprises like the fifth graders have this unit where they teach the kids how to properly protest and so literally we're just in our office working away at emails and you just hear these shouting you go outside and you see every global issue being represented with these fifth graders holding signs protesting around campus and it's awesome and they're like fired off it's it's amazing <laughs> yeah and but you know when it comes to like Challenges, you know, I also like to think of it, you know, maybe I'm super positive, but I try to think it's an opportunity. What are we supposed mm-hmm. to learn from this? What can we overcome? Who needs to know this for next time? How do we archive this so we don't make that mistake again? Or how do we make it better?
1: Yeah, I think that every kind of like a archivist or historian, I think you it's important that we have an institutional memory that's documented in a sense. Yeah, you know, and it's important that it's as unbiased as possible as well. Right. <laughs> you know, that we have multiple people doing that. So yeah, that's, I mean, that's super cool. And so transitioning from that, what, what would be your vision for what happens to the school with you being there?
0: Well, you know, it's one of those things, um, I've been a dreamer. And so now like I'm having to step down from that dreaming role and being more of the practical, realist. So for example, like I'm on the platform cycle review, so task force. So what we're doing is we're looking at how and why we pick a platform, it fits our needs, connects to the systems that we have, and that all parties are equally represented, or at least involved in the process, right? And so I have, of course, my alliances to the platforms I've used, but then now I need to step back and be like, well, let's look at the other things that are out there. Maybe someone's pivoting faster and better during a pandemic than the one that you thought that's been around forever but then is this a next year decision or is this like you need to make a commitment of like 10 years so you're not jumping platforms every couple of years it's like a scavenger hunt trying to find in google drive like where this document from this person and that person left and so one thing we're doing right now with the task force is we're going to create this super spreadsheet left tab is the overview of everything, and it's based on a Gantt chart, and it's literally like tab by tab, every step in the process, who was involved, did you check, in- double check your boxes. Did you send this letter to parents? Did you get feedback from your teachers here? Here's a checkpoint to just double check. And it's not that we want it to be ridiculously complicated, but that's like the system-wide one. It's K through 12, D through 12. But then we have like, you know, the simpler versions for, hey, I just need to download an app to get it on these iPads and library. Well, then that's a four-step process. But this is the one that affects everybody. So that's where we're trying to be thorough. That's me going into the more, you know, systems thinking instead of the, hey, what could be, what would be really cool? And so I'm having to learn that balance.
1: And it is a balance because I'm sure that, you know, the people who were really big dreamers and have great ideas and the people who get those big ideas done. And so I think trying to find a balance between those two is not always easy, but it's essential, especially in a big organization. So that's awesome. It sounds like you're really starting to find your way about that, and that task force sounds really fun. I'm sure that super spreadsheet's going
0: to be fun to check out. But it's one of those things. Like there, there's this quote. I'm going to butcher it. that says like if you could solve any problem, if you put the right people in the right room long enough. And so this is where like we have people from admissions, we have a design teacher who just is brilliant, Bryce and Davis. But like it's one of those things that um yeah, you just if you can, and there's a lot of talented people here, and that's what's been like. I'm going to get a lot out of just being around you know the people and listening because you know I'm not the expert in your subject. But I got a bunch of other ideas. And so I kind of bounce ideas off them to see, okay, that has value. Okay, that doesn't make sense. Oh, we shouldn't do that because these students would need this additional thing. But then like, I don't know, my heart and soul is about service. And so like right now we're doing like an eco bricks project where we're basically stuffing unusable plastic into plastic bottles. And then literally once they're like stiff enough to be used as building material, you can then use them to build anything. And so they're building a school in Vietnam. And so we're like literally the entire school is making eco bricks. Since I just moved here, I'm collecting plastic. I'm left and right. I'm like, I collect a lot of plastic. Jeez,
1: you know. It's amazing how much plastic we use, even even when you're conscious about
0: it. (laughs) But like, you know, again, going back to that balance, it's like, you know, yeah, the technology guy is also the one who wants to save the plastics from my ship. <laughs>
1: yeah, it's okay. It's all right. You can have multiple hats. Exactly. That sounds great. <laughs> so CISO, what are you really, really excited about at the moment? What's what's really getting you excited but looking beyond this current situation?
0: <laughs> We've been looking at creating a system where we can better archive our students' progress in certain technology skills. And then that was like, well, why just technology skills? And then we're like, how well do they record their service projects? Can they write an article? Can they date a good picture? Can they make a video? Can they make an infographic? And this is where we were like, that's a specific group to middle school and high school. What if we did something bigger? And so they have a great swimming program that's all based on levels and skills. So right now, what we're trying to do is create a badging system in the system called Elevate, where literally in elementary, the TAs or aquatic coaches can literally just, okay, these kids can tread water for this amount of time. They can do this stroke. They can do this, 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 just to see that badging system and then having it automatically report so that way they can post the seesaw to all the parents and be like, hey, your kid got this badge, which is easy and fun. And those are nice, easy wins, right? So system-wide, D through 12, everyone's getting these notifications. And then we're like, okay, now we have tech badges. We, uh, But this has already been started, but in the design lab, where they actually have safety badges for like, you have to learn the bandsaw, you have to the hand drill, you know? And we're like, well, let's just keep going. And so we have this two-year plan of what badges we would like to have in place. And we're like, wouldn't it be really cool if like you could not have that digital dashboard, but what if we had stickers you could put on the student's laptop to identify, hey, that kid knows Photoshop. Teacher person, ask them if they can help you instead of just asking the IT department. But yeah, so that's exciting. You know, it's one of those things I've been kind of like just living in a bubble, just trying to learning the school before like I start broadcasting again. So I've been kind of quiet online, but I'm looking forward to uh, getting back out there, presenting, figuring out how everyone else is doing and connecting.
1: I think right now people can't be too hard on themselves about their social media uh, practices at the moment because it's, you know, we're all sort of trying to tread water and and, and stay above the water line. So I wouldn't be too hard on yourself, but I completely understand. Yeah. Especially being in a new place and kind of learning new things and, and, and that sort of thing. I mean, you have to learn like where to buy milk and (laughs) eggs and those kinds of things. Right. I, I completely understand. So that's awesome. I'm sure that that badging system would be, will be an awesome, awesome thing to have. Tell me want an add tech tool that you cannot live without right now, Cecil.
0: I'm torn because like a, like that super spreadsheet is a beautiful thing when it's done right, but for me specifically Google Slides because you know, so many times in a meeting we'll talk about, okay, we'll start this presentation. Okay, you're going to do that part, you're going to do. That. I'm like, "No, we have 15 minutes. Invite everybody to this template right now. Everyone you got slide two through five, you got six to seven, eight, nine, ten. 10. We can knock this out really right now. It always feels good when you actually have an action item done by the end of the meeting that you start mm-hmm. talking about. And I love everyone working at the same time. And you have this beautiful piece of work ready for the next thing. And you don't have to worry about another email.
1: It does make you more efficient when you do that. That sounds great. And so what book would you recommend everyone stop what they're doing right now and read?
0: If you want to be distracted with an amazing voice, an amazing mind, uh, Neil deGrasse Tyson's uh, Astrophysics for People in a Hurry. They're short, sweet, and it's just like, learn about dark matter and realize, okay, you know, Bad traffic isn't a problem. You know, black holes are. If you need to really escape, he, he's great. and he's, His voice is amazing, but he's just, I like how his brain works.
1: Yeah, he's pretty cool. I've listened to a lot of his different podcasts and different things. He's hes pretty funny Yeah, in a lot of the ways he does things. So let me ask you this, Cecil, if people want to get in touch with you and find out more about what you're doing, what's the best way for them to do that?
0: Well, Twitter is certainly going to be the fastest. Uh, I'm Cecil W. Mac. That has my website and all my other stuff, but mm-hmm. that's always going to be where I put all my educational material, certainly.
1: That's awesome, man. Yeah, I'm sure that once you start really kind of rolling again with all your social stuff, people will be really excited to see you kind of back out there. Cecil, this is really exciting. Thank you so much for taking time to talk to me today. I really, really appreciate you taking the time out, and I know it's a busy time for you, especially being it's a you know new school and and we're – kind of winding down for the semester or whatever. So I do appreciate it. Thank you so much. It's been
0: an absolute joy, Jason.
1: Anytime. I hope you enjoyed that episode of DesignCast. I'm Jason, your host, and I produced and created this podcast. If you have any input, I would love to hear from you. And I look forward to seeing you again really soon.